This is Legends. I'm Sam. I'm Amy. And we are a podcast about cryptids, urban legends, and the paranormal. We sure are. (laughs) Guess what? What? I'm going to be visiting soon. (laughs) I know. I'm so excited. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be great. It'll be my first time in Oregon. Yeah, and we are going to pack it full of Oregonian things. I know, and I cannot wait. It looks like the most beautiful state ever. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> We're going to, let's see, when you land, hopefully, unless your flight is delayed. We're better gonna, not be. Yeah. We're going to boogie on over to the movie theater and watch jurassic world i cannot wait literal tears when i saw that trailer (laughs) and then the next day we're going to take a lovely drive down my favorite highway uh mckenzie highway which goes east so sorry not the coast but uh (laughs) we're gonna fine with me (laughs) we're gonna stop where are we gonna stop we're gonna stop at Clearwater. while we're at Clearwater, i'm going to show you just how clear the water is (laughs) 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 Uh, and i'll show you the cabin i'll be staying in for july 4th to hopefully keep milo's sanity oh so they're not gonna do fireworks out there no is that why you picked it well, so fireworks are prohibited usually around 4th of July out here because we're here. so dry, but you know, people in town, they shoot them off anyway. Clearwater is in the middle of nowhere, no towns around it, so I don't have to worry about townspeople, but they do have signs posted saying that fireworks are prohibited. And I had a lady call me back and she was like, yeah, no, 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 they won't shoot off fireworks and they're it's like... They're very strict about it. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. We have the same rules in Colorado. Yeah. We will set ourselves on fire. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. But anyway, so after we go to Clearwater, then we're going to go check in at our campsite because camping is so Oregonian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited. And then we're going to go hike. I'm excited for that, too. But you have to take me to Breezeway. Well, see, then the next day, we're going to wake up and pack up the campsite. Then we're going to go around this like loop thing. And I'm going to show you the freaking pass that we went through with the uh, giant U-Haul truck that was (laughs) that had Lindsay's car attached to it. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, GPS did us dirty. But it's so beautiful up there. So I, I want to show you. Uh, and then we're going to head back home. And if we don't get to see Jurassic World the night you land, then we can watch Jurassic World that night. But I'm like, All right. I want to see it immediately. So, <laughs> uh, And then the next day we're going to spend just exploring Eugene and stuff. And maybe, maybe go to the coast Ooh, maybe no promises there 
Let's just hey. where everybody gets to go on their first trip. And I'm like, let's switch it up. But then I'm down for anything and everything. I would like to show you Hasita. I love Hasita. It's beautiful. <laughs> All right. So are you ready? Yes. I am okay. so excited about this one. Okay. So we're doing the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you. I know you know. Yeah, I do. I sure do. I really do. Sarah Lockwood Winchester was born into the upper class sometime in 1839, although some sources say 1840. Her birth date is not known. In New Haven, Connecticut. She was the fifth of seven children. Her parents were Leonard and Sarah Pardy. Or party. Not sure. I think it's party. It's P-A-R-D-E-E. Party. Sure. Sounds Kay. fun. I'm going with party. Okay. I think it's the only time I'll say it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I am assuming she was named after her mother since both of their names are Sarah. In some sources, Leonard Party was a successful carriage manufacturer while in other sources, he managed the city bathing house until Ooh. finding success as a carpenter. During the Civil War, he made a fortune by supplying ambulances to the Union Army. And her mother was essentially a socialite in New Haven's high society. Now, Sarah was an amazing and extremely proficient student. She knew four languages, Latin, French, Spanish, and Italian. Ooh. Yeah, so five if you include English. <laughs> yes. She was uh, great at musical composition, math, and science, and she was admitted to Young Ladies Collegiate Institute at Yale. Congrats to her. <laughs> She's very smart. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, she was also an extremely petite woman at only 4'10 and 95 pounds. She wow. was said to have been very beautiful and though because she was very beautiful and because she was very smart she had the nickname bell of new haven okay her family knew quite a few other affluent affluent <laughs> families through their church and that is how her future husband william wirt winchester entered the picture although i saw another source that said that they were probably childhood friends that's possible. i mean but uh did you say his middle name was wart not wart wart <laughs> okay right, w-i-r-t I, <laughs> I hadn't said it aloud till just now though so then when i did say it i was like that sounds like wart that was <laughs> what was going through my head it's funny so when sarah was getting old enough to get married her parents had him in mind I'm not sure if it was an arranged marriage or if her parents just heavily suggested mm. that she get with him. But on September 30th, 1862, she did end up marrying him. Mm. He was the only son of Oliver Winchester, who owned the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. The company became popular because it was the first to mass produce firearms with the ability to fire multiple rounds without reloading. The 1873 model was popular during the American Indian Wars. 
So they are the Winchester rifle people. Lucky them. <laughs> Together, they had one daughter, Annie Party Winchester, who was born on June 15th, 1866. Annie sadly died a month later on July 25th, 1866 from marasmus. Marasmus <laughs> is a form of severe malnutrition. Aww. They they did not starve her, if yeah. that's what you think. <laughs> her body just couldn't get the nutrients it needed due to an inability to metabolize proteins, which mm. can be caused by several things such as maternal malnutrition, maternal anemia, pneumonia, lactose intolerance, meningitis, and that's just to name a few. Yeah, that's a few different uh, causes. So Yeah, there's a lot of causes, but um, I just listed the big ones that I knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, after this, it's been said that Sarah, understandably, never recovered from the death of her daughter, and she also became increasingly upset over the Winchester Repeating Arms Company and the wealth associated with it because she felt that they profited from death. I can see it. I Mm -hmm. would probably think the same thing. I think so too. In 1881, her mother, her father-in-law, and unfortunately her husband um, as well, all passed away from tuberculosis. Damn. Mm-hmm. That is awful. After their passing, she inherited $20 million, which in, um, they had it for 2021, so I didn't bother to change it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, $561.6 million. That's a little bit. Yeah, that's a lot of bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she got a 50% holding in the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, which made her one of the wealthiest women in the world during that time. Allegedly, in her search for what to do with the money, Sarah asked a medium in Boston. The story goes that Sarah explained her guilt over all the deaths that the Winchester rifles had caused. And the medium told her that told her that she would be tormented by the spirits of these victims unless she appeased them the medium said that the only way to do that was to move west and build a house for them she was told that she would be guided by the spirit of her husband and that she would know the exact spot to build when she saw it there are a few variations of this story though one is that her niece is who suggested she speak with the medium And then there's another that a doctor encouraged her to move to a warmer climate because it may help with her depression. Interesting. I mean, it would definitely probably help with her depression unless she was weird like me and really, really, really like the rain. (laughs) And me, I'd I'd prefer the rain and fall all the time. I get get depressed when it's too sunny and hot outside. (laughs) I don't know if I get depressed so much as I get irritable. Oh, definitely. definitely. Boob sweat is very Oh, annoying. God. Matt always makes jokes about, like, don't touch you if you're sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not fun. Mm-hmm. It's nice, nicer over here in Colorado because you don't, when we lived in Missouri, like, you'd walk outside into <sighs> the heat and Ugh. you 
felt like you took a shower in sweat instantly. I hate like soaking wet. humidity. I love that I came out here and people are always complaining about the humidity and I'm like, there is none except when it's <laughs> raining because literally the air's wet from the rain. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's how it is in Colorado. But our six months of summer, like pretty much as soon as it stops raining for six months, we don't have a cloud in the sky. And so it feels like the sun is literally on you. <laughs> so I love the rainy season. Yeah. I we don't have a rainy season. I wish we did. <laughs> We're turning into the desert over here. No. Anyway, Sarah moved from New England all the way to the West Coast um, to San Jose, California. I cannot speak today. California. 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 That's what that made me think of. In 1884, she found an unfinished eight-room farmhouse on 44 acres in the Santa Clara Valley. The property owner a man by the name of Dr. Caldwell was reluctant to sell it to her initially, but eventually she persuaded him. The house was known then as, so it's LL. I'm pretty sure it's Spanish. So I'm going to pronounce it the the really white uneducated way. And then I'm going to try to pronounce it the correct way. Okay. So (laughs) it's either Lanada Village or Yanada Village. Or sorry. Lanada Villa or Yanada Villa. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so Yanada, as I'm sure it's actually pronounced, translates into flat ground or plains. And it later becomes known as the Winchester Mystery House. She had a team of carpenters and directed them to build directly onto the farmhouse. She had no help from an architect, so there's no blueprints. And she just told them to build whatever and wherever she thought of. Initially, she had around 13 to 16 carpenters who she paid above average pay rates. But over time, she hired 13 additional carpenters, two private chauffeurs, around eight to 10 gardeners and several housemaids. The carpenters worked on the house 24 hours a day and seven days a week. She needed so much building materials that extra train cars were added to fill her orders. Wow. Yeah. If Sarah changed her mind about a design or a room, they would either tear it down, board it up, or build over it. (laughs) Cool. When Sarah had new plans or ideas, she would tell her foreman who she met with every morning and she would scribble her ideas down on napkins or paper. After a while, the farmhouse became a seven-story mansion. Woohoo! Something else that I want to touch upon really quick is that Sarah was very, very close to her staff. She treated them like family and they were unquestioningly loyal to her. They never talked to journalists about her, and after her death, they just left the property, and they never talked about it with anyone. Like I mentioned just a minute ago, she paid them more than they would typically make for the time, and she treated them extremely well, which makes me adore her even more. (laughs) 
I did find a few sources that said that immediately after her passing, they just up and left. So like they left nails and hammers and all kinds of stuff <laughs> laying around. And this source claims it was because they were afraid of the spirits. Hmm. But I don't know if that's true. Yeah. So Sarah held nighttime seances in a peaked turret of the house known as the witch's cap. There was a bell inside and she would ring it at midnight and at 2 a.m. I think it was to signal the start and finish of her seance, but that's just my guess. There is also only one entrance to the room, but there are three exits. Once you walk through one of the exits, the door automatically locks behind you and you can't get back in. (laughs) Also, Sarah was the only one who had a key to the room and only she would ever go in there. But it's believed that her seances um, are where she gets or got the idea for her construction plans. Throughout the construction of the house, she had many mediums and spiritualists visit her. And all the while, she never stopped building on the mansion. Sarah felt that the spirits were pushing her to constantly build more to the home. There is a story that one night Sarah went into the cellar to grab a bottle of wine and she saw a shadowy handprint on the wall. She ran out of the cellar and immediately ordered for the cellar to be boarded up. (laughs) Wow. But no one's ever found the cellar. So we don't know if that's true either. They could use ground penetrating radar to look for that. They could, but don't they have to like blast into. No, ground penetrating radar. Oh, again, Josh Gates. (laughs) Expedition unknown. This is how I know. It looks like a little lawnmower, and you just run it over the ground, and it makes images. I don't know where I got it from, but I think it was a movie, and I think it's a movie that you've seen too. I don't know. Yeah, I know where it came from. What? Jurassic Park. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) I have an image of them pushing. The yeah. handles down to see the raptor at the beginning. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I was like, where? I know I you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So there are also stories that she had been attacked several times by vengeful spirits. They would push her down or push her into walls. Oh, rude. <laughs> it's claimed that in an attempt to confuse the ghosts, Sarah added many strange things to the house, such as staircases that ended abruptly, windows that opened to interior rooms, doorways that opened to several story drops, and hallways that appeared to go nowhere before circling back onto themselves. It's also claimed that she slept in a different room every single night and took hidden passageways to avoid the ghosts. Dude, I totally do the same. Sounds like fun. (laughs) It does. It's like so, an adventure every single day. That you'd get lost in. No, so, not if you're the one building it. You don't think so? Heck no. That house is confusing as hell. I watched a couple investigators walking around it, and I was like, I don't know how they ever figured out <laughs> where they're going. They just have ropes ran everywhere or breadcrumbs. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually one of them talked about putting down breadcrumbs. <laughs> Um, So let's get into the oddities of the house. So the mansion has over 160 rooms and 40 bedrooms. 
So that makes a total of 200 rooms. That would make it very easy to sleep in a different room every night. Yep. Almost. You're only, you know, a hundred something short for a year. Yeah. Worth of moving around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 10,000 windows, 47 fireplaces, an observatory tower in two basements. There are 2,000 doors in the house. Be careful, though, because not all of them are safe to walk through. (laughs) One leads to an eight-foot drop into a kitchen sink. (laughs) Another to a 15-foot drop into bushes. And they call it the door to nowhere. You know what that reminds me of? Hmm. The episode of Buffy that has Dracula in it and Giles goes to save her and he opens a door and falls like 10 feet or something into a pit of lady vampires oh, that are all I like seducing that. him and stuff. <laughs> That's the funniest shit. <laughs> I actually do remember I that part. I love that episode. Um, there are also staircases that lead to nowhere like up to ceilings. Uh, Tiffany stained glass windows that are put in places that make no sense. Pillars that stop short of the ceiling. (laughs) Balconies on the inside of the house. Chimneys that are not attached to fireplaces. And there are a ton of secret passages. There is also a cabinet that you can go through that extends through 30 rooms of the house. Wow. That's a big cabinet. Yeah. (laughs) Wonder what you put in there. (laughs) Um, however, she did add a few things for herself and not just to confuse spirits, such as parquet flooring, which I had no idea what that was. So I Googled it. (laughs) Well, I'm telling, I'm telling, I Googled it. It's flooring composed of wooden blocks arranged in a geometric pattern. Yes. And I think it's actually called parquet. Oh, well, I'm not fancy. fancy. (laughs) Parquet flooring. (laughs) We had some in our house in Blue Springs. Oh, Mm -hmm. fancy. Not really. A lot of people think it looks very tacky. Oh, I didn't look up a picture. So I'm just assuming that parquet is fancy. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe I can't remember if the parquet was what dad replaced or what dad put down. I just remember it was in our kitchen at some point. <laughs> um, so she also had, uh, sh- that's not the sound. She also crystal. had, sh- <laughs> is the sound. Yes. Crystal chandeliers, gilded doorways, and stained glass windows that were handcrafted by Tiffany and Company's first design director, Louis Comfort Tiffany. <laughs> What a nice name. Comfort is his middle name. Yeah. I like it. Yep. You can take comfort in him. (laughs) There were also top of the line modern technologies such as forced air, central heating, hot running water, and three elevators. I mean, you'd need it. You would really need it. You want to know a fun fact? What? There was only one shower in the entire house what about bathtubs nope nope just just the one hmm. one that would get pretty annoying <laughs> <laughs> one well i mean it 
it was probably only her, right? Because the maids and everything, they had their own quarters or their own houses. Oh, or something. yeah. They, yeah. She, but some of them lived in the house. There are like, I can't remember the exact number. I want to 13, but don't quote me on that. They're bathrooms, <laughs> but only one working shower. No, they would be restrooms because they don't have a bath. Is that the difference? Yep. I did not know that, but it makes a lot of sense. I know it because I've said bathroom about public restrooms a lot. And there's always some jackass that's like, that's not a bathroom. There's no bath. (laughs) (laughs) I always say I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I say I need to tinkle, but that's because I act (laughs) like I'm three. It's okay. Being a mom, I've said I have to go potty quite a few times. (laughs) Um, okay, so there's also a claim that Sarah was obsessed with the number 13 and spiderweb motifs. Almost all the staircases have 13 steps. Most windows have 13 panes of glass. There are 13 holes on the drain covers, 13 gas jets on the ballroom chandelier. When Sarah passed away, it said that her will contained 13 pages that she signed 13 times. So I'm just sitting here trying to think, how does a window have 13 panes of glass? Like, is there one giant one in the middle and then the even amount around it? I have no idea. Do they have one row that has an extra? (laughs) I have no idea. I was thinking when, when I read that part that they were talking about like the stained glass windows and you know how they make like designs out of it. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking, but I don't know for sure um very limited on patterns that way yes (laughs) and most of the windows have the spider web design i love spider webs okay that's so weird that you say that because i was taking a shower this morning and i looked in like the corner back corner of my shower and it looked like there were teeny tiny bubbles (laughs) and i was like what is that i did not get soap in that back corner and I looked and it was a teeny tiny spider web that had water droplets on it from you know the shower that's adorable I know I didn't I didn't take it off because I was like that is so tiny (laughs) there was uh an artist at our Saturday market one time that would take like a black piece of paper or Mm -hmm. cardstock usually spray paint a spider web and then spray it with uh like spray adhesive and then mm-hmm. whack it with the cardboard and it would it would get on there and it looks so cute i'm so stealing that idea i feel so bad but i wasn't gonna pay 40 dollars for that when i can do it i can't envision it in my head like what does the adhesive do it sticks the spider web to the paper oh there forever in all of its glory where does he find all these spider webs like in trees and stuff that's neat (laughs) i want one Uh, but now i'm not gonna pay 40 dollars. you better make me one i'll make you because i'm not the creative (laughs) uh i did have a, a creative idea to go over it kind of i don't know maybe they did something like that Maybe I'm just imagining things. I don't know, but I was thinking like printing out 
blurry images that I've taken in the past mm-hmm. and then uh, doing the same thing, but over the blurry image. So it looks like I was actually taking pictures of spider web. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. That'd be really cute, I think. Yeah. On April 16th, 1906, at 5.12 a.m., a massive magnitude 7.8 earthquake hit the Bay Area and toppled three stories of the house. Damn. Yeah, and it damaged uh, four stories below that as well. It trapped Sarah and her niece Daisy, which I think Daisy was her nickname because I kept finding the name Marion I. Marriott. I'd go by Daisy as too. her niece. Yeah. Um, but it trapped them together in a room. It took a few hours for her staff to rescue them from the rubble. It's been said that Sarah took that as a sign from the spirits that they were unhappy with the areas that were destroyed. So she boarded up the front half of the house, but continued to build in other areas of the home. Uh-huh. There are still signs of the damage to that part of the house. Although Sarah lived in the Winchester Mystery House, she also purchased several other properties. In Los Altos, California, she bought a 140-acre property, as well as a nearby farmhouse for her sister and her brother-in-law. How sweet. She honestly sounds like the nicest person. (laughs) She also had a houseboat in San Francisco later on in life. It's said that she kept the boat known as Sarah's Ark. In case of a biblical-sized flood. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but I don't think it's true. Um, in the all thing, all that's interesting.com article that I read about it, it states that most likely the boat was used as a way of maintaining her status. Mm, yeah, probably. On September 14th, in some sources I found the 5th, 1922 sarah passed away at the age of 83 from congestive heart failure she was buried next to her husband and their daughter in evergreen cemetery she left her favorite niece marion daisy the majority of her estate but she also left money to various charities and to her staff and construction workers the mansion however was sold to a group of investors who leased it for 10 years to John and Mamie. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> Mamie or Mamie. Because it's M-A-Y-M-E. So is it Mame? Which I, I think, think it's probably Mamie. Okay, because Mame does not sound very nice. That's awful. That I'm gonna be a terrible name. <laughs> yeah, so Mamie Brown, who saw it as a tourist attraction, they opened the house to the public in 1923. It's only a year later. Damn. Yeah. It is now listed on the National Register of Historic Places and it's owned by Winchester Investments LLC, which is a privately held company that represents the descendants of John and Mamie Brown. So are you ready for the ghost activity? She's really thinking about it right now. (laughs) I guess so. All right. Well, well. Yeah, I guess. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Good. Um, that's what you're you're here to uh hear. <laughs> there have been many reports of paranormal, p- 
paranormal activity since it has been open to the public, such as the sound of footsteps, disembodied voices, banging doors and windows, doorknobs turning by themselves, and apparitions. Mm, That is quite a bit. Yeah. There are reports of ghostly tugs on shirts or skirts during tours. (laughs) (laughs) But no pants. None that I saw that were specifically listed. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the activity experienced are believed to be from some of Sarah's carpenters. There are claims that they are still working on the house, even in their afterlife. It's been said that one in particular that they call Clyde, who is a mustached man, has been seen fixing a fireplace in one of the ballrooms and known to push a wheelbarrow down different hallways. Okay, hold on. Why, if he walked away when she died, is he coming back to work on it? I think that they were saying because they were so loyal and it was such a big part of their life. But she's gone. But some people have strange attachments to things. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a man that was trying to fix one of the fireplaces, a living, real, I don't want to say not real, but a living (laughs) man. He was trying to fix one of the fireplaces and he said that he felt someone tap him on the back. When he turned around, no one was there, so he didn't think anything of it, that it was just his imagination, (laughs) and so he got back to work. However, he then felt someone push him from behind, and he got so spooked that he decided he was going to work on the opposite side of the house. (laughs) Clyde was like, you're not doing it right. Just let me in there. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, I know how to do this. I've been doing it for years. Uh, there was a report from a longtime maintenance worker named Denny that one morning after entering the water tower, he heard footsteps above him. He went to go confront the trespasser and let them know that the three-story structure was off limits, but then the footsteps always seemed to be one step ahead of him <laughs> and then one floor above him. Ooh. He went all the way to the roof without ever coming across anyone. That's fun. It's like hide and seek (laughs) yeah spiritual hide and seek (laughs) there's also a story from a tour guide that says she was leading guests to the daisy room so the rooms all have like special names so this one's called the daisy room i wonder who that's named after Mm, no idea (laughs) when they heard a loud sigh thinking someone had fallen behind she went to assist them After not seeing anyone at first, she called out and then saw a small shadow figure disappear around the corner. Due to the spirit's small stature, they believed that it was Sarah Winchester herself. Oh. How tall was she? 4'10". Oh, yeah. She's a little girl. Yeah. Very little. And she was only 95 pounds. She sounds like my grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Little grandma. Yep. Harry Houdini also visited the house in 1924. By the way, if you haven't ever looked at a picture of Harry Houdini, he's hot. No. (laughs) Totally hot. There are some pictures of him that are pretty, like, bad that he looks kind of creepy. But there are some of them where I'm like, hey. Um, No. Not my my type. (laughs) But he visited the house in 1924. Did he escape? Um, He did, luckily. (laughs) Uh, But he was on a nationwide tour to debunk spiritualism. 
So I never knew this about Houdini, but he was like on a mission his whole life to debunk spiritualism or prove that it was real. I think and I have heard that. I so I only heard this recently, like within the last year, from a podcast called And That's Why We Drink. So they have like an amazing episode about this. And that's where I heard it. So if you want to learn about that, like that's its own thing, <laughs> you should go listen to them because it's really good. And it's super interesting. Um, but anyway, the news clipping from his visit is on display. I wrote displace, but it's supposed to say display oh, that's nice. at the house's museum, as well as Harry's poster. Apparently, a very famous paranormal expert, investigator, parapsychologist. The Warrens? Nope. <laughs> nope. We're done with that section. <laughs> the Warrens were called in way after she died. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but his name is Christopher Chacon or Chacon or Chacon. But... I've never heard of him, but he's supposedly like a big name in investigation or paranormal investigation. Have you heard of him? I have never heard of him at all. Me either. So but it might be because it sounds like you're saying his name wrong. Chacon. Chacon. C Chicken. A C O N. Chacon. That's what Chacon. I say. Chicken when when I'm making it. I'm like, we're having chicken. <laughs> So he did a 30-day investigation of the house. I tried to find like any findings from his investigation or any evidence, but I could not find it anywhere, although almost every source mentioned it. But they all said the same thing, that he did a 30-day investigation and that he interviewed over 300 people. Okay. That's it. But he didn't put out any of his interviews. Couldn't find anything other than that. What a waste of time. (laughs) It must have not been very interesting. I guess. There have been a ton of people and investigation groups that have obviously gone to this house. Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, BuzzFeed Unsolved, even the Mythbusters, which... I don't know why. Very weird. Yeah. I didn't watch that episode, but I'm going to watch it now. My husband is obsessed with Mythbusters, so um, I'm going to ask him if he watched that. Because I don't know what they would be trying to prove or disprove. I don't know. Maybe, like, see if there was a reason why she put doors that came out of nowhere. Maybe. I don't know. I I thought that was really odd. A little bit. So I decided to watch two investigations from people I've never seen before. (laughs) Cool. Because we could do ghost adventures all day long, but eh, don't want to. (laughs) So... I watched a YouTube video posted by a group called Overnight. They're a paranormal investigation group, and 
Um, it was titled Winchester Mystery House. I'm not familiar with them, but they seem to have investigated a lot of amazing places. There were four guys and some cameramen, and they seemed very bro-y. <laughs> but they seemed pretty cool, I guess. They had so many gadgets, though, that I have not seen on any other ghost hunting investigation. Maybe because I am watch older ghosts <laughs> hunting stuff. I don't know, but... It was really cool. They had these things that they called cat balls. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh-huh. little, they were little balls, like, mm-hmm. you know, the ones you would, a cat would play with, I guess, like that size, mm-hmm. but they would light up if they were pushed or touched. Oh, interesting. They had a REM pod stuffed bear. Do you know what a REM pod is? Yeah, we had that in the Emily's Bridge episode. Okay. No activity on it, but yeah. Okay. So with the REM pod bear, the bear would light up in different places on its body where it was touched. They had an old-fashioned wooden communication board. So it's what they used before the Ouija came out. And instead of it being a board with like, hello, goodbye, the alphabet on it, it just was like a bar that slid linearly. I don't know exactly how it worked, but they had that. Um, they also had this little handheld device, uh, an electronic speech synthesis device, which utters words depending on electromagnetic waves in the air. So it's not like a spirit box. It's quiet and it just says random words. It said the word abort like a lot of times I noticed throughout their investigation um, they also did have the typical things such as a GoPro, night vision cameras, the stick figure machine, and of course the REM pod. What's the Xbox Connect? <laughs> I don't know. They they call it some fancy name, but uh, it's the same technology as the Xbox Connect. Stick figure machine <laughs> works great. <laughs> I don't know if they were doing evps or not because they didn't say anything about it and they didn't show any evidence from any so not sure about that but they had a a lot of experiences with the rem pod and using using the flashlight technique you know where they asked the spirit to turn on and off the flashlight yeah um but something that stood out to me is that they took out a pair of dowsing rods and well people do that a lot I don't really know how I feel about dowsing rods, but what was interesting is that he was holding the dowsing rods. So one guy was holding the dowsing rod and another guy had the stick figure machine pointed at him. And he was asking, the guy with the dowsing rods was asking like if the spirits wanted him to go investigate upstairs. And so he said, cross the rods for yes. And so the rods started slowly crossing. But what was like really interesting was that the stick figure machine showed like something like a a stick figure, but something (laughs) behind him, the guy holding the dowsing rods. And it looked like he was reaching for the back of that guy's head. Like the entity was reaching for the back of that guy's head. Weird. And so ghost adventures use 
that machine all the time and I've never gotten chills from it. It always actually <laughs> makes me laugh when I see it because they're just like, looks like they're dancing all the time. <laughs> but that one was, that one was actually freaky because you saw it, it was just there and then it just outreached, like outstretched its arm into the back of that guy's head. That's awesome. So other than that, there was nothing really concrete there's just like a lot of the cat balls lighting up in different places <laughs> um and a lot of rem pod stuff so then i watched an episode from a show called ghost brothers <laughs> season two episode two aptly titled winchester mystery house i've never heard of it before but there are three best friends that had paranormal experiences when they were younger and now they're out to prove that ghosts exist. Seems legit. Yeah. While they're talking to the caretaker of the Winchester Mystery House, they talk about how the chandelier in the Venetian dining room swings on its own. Ooh. On the second floor in the bedroom where Sarah died, there's supposed claims of a poltergeist. And in the ballroom, people have experienced cabinets and drawers opening and closing on their own. They also invite a woman named Kayla to investigate with them. And I, I don't know if I just missed where she even comes in or like <laughs> she is who not she a brother is. or bro. Ghost no, she's bros, not a gro- ghost brothers. Ghost brothers. Brothers. She is not so, a brother. No, she's not part of their investigation typically. <laughs> I don't know what where she came from. They invited her to investigate with them for a short while. Because she had previous experience in the house with someone saying to her, Kayla, you are a very beautiful woman. And she believes that it was the uh, entity of Sarah Winchester who said that. That's very sweet of her. Mm-hmm. So the Ghost Brothers believe that since she's already had an experience, that she may be a trigger to bring out some spirits. So they were investigating the basement and the basement doors slammed shut on them. You could hear it while they were investigating. They were a little ways away from it. And it was like this loud bang, which would have scared the ever loving out of me. (laughs) So when they were still investigating the basement, they used that word device thing that the other investigators used, Mm -hmm. which I had never seen before. (laughs) Well, I am assuming that I just need to watch more recent (laughs) ghost hunters. Possibly. So, (laughs) but it's called an Oculus. So they were, yeah, it is. They were calling it, (laughs) they were talking about an Oculus in the other investigation I was watching, but I didn't know, I didn't understand that they were talking about the little (laughs) word device. So I feel dumb and old now. While they were investigating in the basement, the device, the Oculus, it says poltergeist. Mm -hmm. Also, Kayla suggests that she becomes a human trigger item. She dresses up in clothes that Sarah would have worn back in the day. And once she walked out in the clothes, that was really awkward. Once (laughs) she walked out in the clothes, their REM pod went crazy. Mm. They asked if she was offended, so she took the dress off, and she walked towards the REM pod, and the REM pod would go crazy every time she stepped closer, but when the other guy that was investigating with her would walk closer to it, it wouldn't go off. 
though she must have offended it she must have she must have pissed it off <laughs> then as she walks toward it they both yelled she yelled because he yelled and she says what and he says that he heard something hit the floor ah okay and the REM pod just kept going crazy like the entire time after a little bit they were done with Kayla <laughs> get so. out of here you're not a brother yeah, they were like, okay, we're going to do our own investigation. So they decided to do a seance. One of the ghost brothers, Marcus, was like, hell no. And he went <laughs> off wandering around by himself. <laughs> they brought in a professional named Jeff Dwyer, who is also a paranormal investigator and claims to be a psychic. Jeff explains to them that ghosts mostly communicate through their minds during a seance. He has them put their hands on the table and clear their minds and tells them to just focus on the house and the history and relax. They said they all felt the table vibrating and Jeff said that he felt the room getting crowded. Jeff says that he feels a presence of a female spirit and he says that her name is Marion and that she's <laughs> the Winchester's niece. I feel eh about that because the history is very well known of the house yep but that seems to be the only thing that comes out of the seance and so then they asked jeff to investigate with them as soon as they leave the room there was another huge bang and they all jumped there was a door that was open that was now closed and they believe that was the door that slammed shut when they asked who closed the door the oculus said karen and then secretary. Oh, rude. <laughs> so, oh no, there's a Karen in the building. <laughs> She's slamming doors, making yep. a scene. <laughs> After that, they thank Jeff for investigating with them. So literally, it seemed like they just walked out from the seance room. The door slams. The thing says Karen. And then they're like, okay, thanks for investigating with us. Goodbye. <laughs> so funny. Um, they join back up with Marcus in the Venetian room and they start explaining about Karen and then the REM pod goes crazy. So they're like, oh, Karen's with us. <laughs> so something funny, though, is that they're asking all these questions about to Karen and then they ask Karen if she likes that Joanne is sitting next to her, which is one of the investigators name and it goes off Ooh. and then they ask if she's attracted to his vest because he's wearing like one of those puffy vests mm -hmm. and it doesn't go off <laughs> they ask if she's attracted to his biceps and it doesn't go off <laughs> and then they're like it can't be his personality and then they ask if she wants the other another one of the investigators named Marcus to come sit next to her and it doesn't go off and so then they ask if she's attracted to Jawan and it goes off. <laughs> and he starts doing like this like dance. I don't know. It was really <laughs> funny. But that was pretty much their investigation. The door slamming was interesting. Not sure how I feel about REM pods. They kind of seem erratic and mm -hmm. I don't really know how reliable they are. They also had no EVPs. <laughs> they were <laughs> really funny and they seemed really cool. One thing I did not like, though, was that they kept asking questions like, did Sarah underpay you? And oh. just, I don't know, questions like that, which it's pretty well known that she was a very nice lady. 
especially yeah. to her employees. So I just thought I didn't I don't know. It felt like they were slandering her kind of, but I don't think they meant it that way. Maybe they just didn't do their research before going. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So another thing that I found interesting, we're done with the investigations. We're moving on. Now. All right, let's move on. <laughs> but um, there's a book that was published in 2010 by a history teacher named Mary Jo Ignafo. And it's titled Captain of the Labyrinth, Sarah L. Winchester, Heiress to the Rifle Fortune. And it refutes the idea that Sarah built the house the way she did to appease ghosts. She believes that much of the odd architecture is due to the earthquake, that instead of rebuilding after it, she just had it sealed off, which led to the doors and stairways that led to nowhere. Hmm. She says that she found no evidence that the worker Sarah had hired thought she was crazy or communicating with ghosts. She says that the rumors may have started because not a lot of people knew much about her because she suffered from very bad rheumatoid arthritis and because of that she was sort of reclusive i don't know where the hell i heard this but i know i heard this but since she had such bad arthritis that's why she also made like weird sized uh steps and like railings and stuff like that in the first investigation i talked about their tour guide that gave them a tour of the house told them that the steps are called easy steps or easy up steps or something like that. And it was for her arthritis. So I also watched a TikTok that was posted by at tiny dooms where she says she used to be a tour guide at the Winchester mystery house and that she loves the job, except for the fact that she hated that she had to lie to people. She claims that everything about the house being haunted is a lie That was started in the 1920s. She says that she was, um, or Sarah, not her. She says that Sarah was an amazing amateur architect and that the house was her baby. So basically her hobby. She also goes into how she was an amazing employer, like I talked about before. She hired people of color and Asians, which was practically unheard of at the time. And she paid them twice the going rate. She didn't charge room on board for them to live in the house while they were working there either. She says that it ticks her off that people think she's a crazy old lady that built the house because of ghosts. Which I can completely understand. Definitely. On just as a personal note, this is me saying this. (laughs) I don't know what the true history of the house is or whether or not she built the house because of ghosts or because she was doing it as a hobby. But I firmly believe that she was not crazy either way. Yeah, she doesn't sound like she was at all. No, she sounds like she was incredibly smart and Mm -hmm. incredibly kind. And I've always thought that long before I like really researched the house based on just tidbits that I've heard over the years. I never really thought she was crazy, but I've always wondered like why. Why she did. Why she did it. The house. Yeah. So. Let's talk about the Winchester Mystery House in pop culture. You ever heard of a movie called Rose Red? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I know you have. I've been dying. <laughs> so <laughs> Rose Red was a movie um, based on 
a Stephen King. Did he write a book about it? Or no, was it- he just wrote the mini series. Yeah, that's what I thought. That yeah. was he just wrote the mini series. So, but it's you know by Stephen King, and it's based off of the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, I was like over here, like, uh, well, you know, everything that you're saying has to do with Rose Red. <laughs> but what got me the most i don't know were you gonna talk about the diary of ellen rimbauer or you just i was not okay because i haven't seen it so i i was hoping you would yeah i love it okay so the diary of ellen rimbauer is a book that is written based off of stephen king's miniseries Mm-hmm. So like some other author, I could tell you if I got up and walked like 10 steps, but that's over there. We'll, <laughs> we'll just put the picture of it. <laughs> she like wrote it as a diary of Ellen Rimbauer, which would be the Sarah Winchester of Rose Red. Right. Uh, and it goes into what happened to her to make her build a house that just keeps growing and growing and growing. And uh the medium that you were talking about with Sarah, like, mm-hmm. hit me. I was like, holy crap. Because it, like, briefly touches on it in Rose Red. Right. But mm-hmm. it, like, really has a bit on it in the book and the movie. There is a movie, uh, which, which I Which I did buy the movie to watch. Yeah. I have not yeah. watched it. Oh, my yet. God. You should watch it. It's so good. So the medium tells her. That she has to build on the house until she dies. Like, oh, there you go. That is Sarah Winchester. She stops building is the day that she dies. And also, she has a daughter that ends up uh, actually being like born with a deformity. That was in Rose Red. Yes. And I was going to say, I remember. They elaborated on it a little bit more in the book and basically say that it was. Mr. Rimbauer's fault and all this stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh she goes missing in the house. She doesn't die. So I think that's an interesting little difference. But yeah, I just Rose Red and the Diary of Ellen Rimbauer is like so good. <laughs> we do really, really love Rose Red. We I have do. to get on the Ellen Rimbauer train, which is surprising. Yeah, I figured i would have shown you because mm-hmm. i would come over to your house all the time and watch rose red because you had the vhs's mm-hmm. and then <laughs> when the diary of ellen rimbauer played on tv i recorded it with my vhs player <laughs> uh, we were so cool we were dude i did that for everything like when backstreet boys would have little concerts on tv heck yeah i recorded that stuff oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. There's a home video I think that I have that I can't remember. No, it it was a home video, but then my grandma started recording over it. <laughs> she yeah. took because it was hers, and so I think it's. I want to say it's "Look Who's Talking." <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. It's a good it's something movie. like that though. But you start it, and there's like a video of me and my sister i'm pretty sure and then it's look who's talking i feel like i did that on 
uh, tape, but I don't remember. I don't think it was like of me. I think it was more like something my parents had gone to, like, you know, a NASCAR race or something. I don't know. Some, <laughs> something maybe I had recorded over it. I do remember like we would get like VHSs in the mail, like that had ads on them or something or like, really? buy this exercise equipment and then you can do all this yeah i don't know we only got it a couple times but i would take them and i would put tape over that little hole you remember that yeah <laughs> put tape over that hole and i'd record over that stupid ad <laughs> it was like free tape for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> reduce and reuse exactly but that's way off topic but yeah rose red best mini series i've ever watched in my entire so life good. i love if it if you haven't seen it i recommend you go buy it we found it on amazon recently because we had been checking over the years for it because i somehow lost the vhs's so both well, amy and i have you don't been have checking. a vhs player anymore either yeah also i don't <laughs> have a vhs player anymore so there's that but we've been checking over the years and it's always always had been like a hundred bucks yeah on or amazon. not there yeah or not there um, but recently I found it for what 49 40 something on, yeah yeah and so both me and Amy were like fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah and we went and bought it you texted <laughs> me and you were like it's so cheap and I was like I'm buying it hell uh, yeah so now so we funny. both have it uh <laughs> did you ever finish your rewatch though I have not oh, but it did oh stop gosh. skipping which was good oh that's good I still would have returned it but I should have, but I'm very lazy. (laughs) It happens. So there was also a movie made about it titled Winchester that starred um, Helen Mirren, and it came out in 2018. I haven't watched it. I heard mixed reviews on it. Was it good? I did. And it, I don't know. I mean, it definitely plays off of the fact that she's crazy and all that stuff. Uh, it might actually be where I, where it mentioned the thing about the arthritis and the stairs. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen it. It it was okay. There was a part where, like, the house was shaking and falling apart, mm-hmm. and I barely remember it because I don't retain anything. Uh, but that popped in my head when you said the thing about the earthquake. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I've seen a movie. <laughs> I've seen a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, Well, I found a Vanity Fair article, which, by the way, Vanity Fair has some good articles yeah. on random things. Yeah, they do. Um, but I found one about the Winchester house. And I think it was because the movie was coming out. Um, So they had a quote from Helen uh, Mirren at the end of it, where she talks about the house. And I thought it would be kind of nice to end it on, end this episode on that. Um, She says, quote, if it is haunted, I feel it is haunted by something very benign. I feel sort of a great... I feel a sweetness in the house, not a horror. There is a sweetness in it. It is haunted by something sweet. If it's haunted, and then she says, if it's haunted. (laughs) So I just thought that was kind of nice. That is cute. And 
Then one more thing is that I'm also very surprised by the haunted rating on hauntedplaces.org this time. Only 68% of people believe that it's haunted. Wow. And that like, there's tourists that go there constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's it. What do you think? I love it. I just love everything about it. I am disappointed that the older I've got and the more like research and articles Mm -hmm. I've read about it, I'm like, she probably didn't build it because of ghosts. (laughs) Really? I'm still like... I don't no, think no. she was it trying just to hide make sense. Them. I just think that she was bored and had a lot of money and wanted to keep people employed and help feed them. And in that TikTok video, she even said something about like she would build them houses and stuff. Yep, I did. I, I so saw that. That was so sweet. But I, I don't know. know. I just feel like she was bored. She wanted to do something with her money and why not employ a bunch of people while doing it? I mean, if that is the motivation, just love her even more. <laughs> there's, I don't think there's anything a bad about her. She was beautiful. She was smart. And she did really neat things with all that money that she yeah. inherited. She sounds bomb. She sounds like the types of millionaires we need now. I agree. 100%. Where the hell are the Sarah Winchesters? I know. Not to mention, she has a badass name. <laughs> So let us know what you think about the uh, Winchester Mystery House. Have you ever been there before? Lots of people go there still and visit and you can still take a tour. So um, we'd really like to hear about that. And of course, if you had any other types of encounters with the paranormal or cryptids or urban legends, send them on over to us. We want to hear them and we kind of want to read them on air. So are not on air are we on air i don't think technically we're on air because we're not live okay well we want to record them they had that little on air sign you couldn't walk in right so we want to record them and then play them yeah you can send them to us at our email this is legendpod at gmail.com we have our website this is legendpod.com and then always hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. This is Legend Pod for all of it. Keep it spooky, classy, and sassy. But most of all, keep it legendary. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>